starts with this idea of supporting schools around the world to transform their own cultures and to rethink the community life, to rethink relationships as a way of regenerating the, their own ecosystem. And this is something that the system has been hampering at the same time. So hampering the uniqueness of individuals and hampering the uniqueness of schools, communities and collectives. So the system treats us as machines and expects us to learn as machines. Hello and welcome to the Coconut Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Freud, and we are in collaboration with Intrepid Ed News. Today's guest is Jordi Diaz-Gibson. Jordi describes himself as a system change leader, researcher, professor. He's committed to accelerating the transition into a more equitable and sustainable planet. He inhabits, studies, weaves, and supports learning ecosystems that empower people and communities to learn and live for a better world. He is the co-founder of the Net Edu Project, which we will discuss in this conversation. And the Net Edu Project has a tool called School Weaver that really focuses on creating a sense of belonging within the community, as well as developing our abilities to think about ourselves and our communities as connected and interconnected entities. I'm really excited about this conversation because Jordi really begins by telling the story of how he got here and how this has shaped his perspective and his worldview. We don't spend enough time really digging into the people with whom we speak, with whom we interact, in terms of their stories and how they see themselves. This helps us understand, of course, our perspective and not only where they're coming from, but what we can learn from them. So this is something that Jordi values and that I'm um, really starting to begin to appreciate myself, particularly in working with uh, Joanne McKeegan. I will leave space for my conversation with Jordi. Um, and uh, if you would like to check out our blog, it's www.coconut-thinking.design. Of course, there are some great articles on Intrepid Ed News. We've got articles there too, www.intrepidednews.com. And in the meantime, here's my conversation with Jordi. Well, hi, Jordi. Uh, really excited to have you on the podcast today, uh, learning about uh, School Weaver, about uh, everything that you do, about some of the networks that you have. And, and also, you bring um, quite a different perspective from what we used to in terms of learning, in terms of education, in terms of uh, what's being done out there internationally. So uh, really looking forward to delving into that. I'll start off with the question, who are you, what are your passions, and how do you try to make a difference? Okay, hello, Benjamin. So my pleasure to be here and congratulations on the, the whole conversation that you're leading and the, all the, the nice uh, thoughts and nice uh, work that you are sharing with everyone in the community. So thank you, thank you for that and thank you for inviting me. So who am I? So, so I would say so I'm Jordi Diaz, uh, just someone that tries to uh, live a, a a deep life and a life that is connected to, to others and who likes to care about others also, trying to improve and care about myself. And I am very, very, very committed also to education and equity uh, since the very beginning. So I grew up in a, in a family in Barcelona, Spain, uh, in, living in a low-income neighborhood, uh, learned a lot from my from my childhood so i had from the very beginning of a, a nice perspective with a u.s mom and a spanish dad and and quite a nice uh, way of looking into the world with these very very diverse perspectives with my two uh, families and that really um, connected me into a, a way of looking into the world with a broader lens, I would say. And yeah, so I was from the very beginning uh, passionate about uh, sports and being part of the community where I live. And I had, uh, and I keep my, my friends, uh, a lot of friendships from the, my, my uh, childhood. And I was, I, I came up, I started very passionate about sports, playing soccer and wanted to be like, a physical education teacher, but I was so engaged with with um, equity issues. With I was so in, uh, involved with some uh, justice uh, affairs in my community, and I I really went. So my 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 learning space was so so. 
attached and linked uh, to that. So the, those were my next steps. So from physical education, I went to pedagogy and then to broader education and leadership uh, in education and, and spent my, my initial um, professional life by working in local communities, trying to, to work with uh, kids, young people and families that were uh, struggling. Uh, and, and that completely uh, supported me to live and to continue learning and to continue thinking about about impact. So I have been always engaged with the idea of, of contributing uh, the best I, I could in, in improving the, the world that we share. So I, I tried to, uh, I, I tried to, to follow that, that motivation and direction. And I went into research and then did some of the projects that I, that I lead and came with the learning ecosystems uh, idea and approach and connected with a lot of folks around the world that are also committed with this, with the, the essence idea that we need to uh, work together, we need to learn from one another, and we have a lot to improve and to explore in our relationships and in our connection in this world to collectively advance as, as human beings. So, and this is part of my, my passions and what, I, what I'm still engaged with, and, and I would say more or less, that's me. Thank you so much. And, and I really want to touch on uh, these questions of uh, working together collectively and, and also impact and contribution, which I find um, fascinating and also uh, directs a lot of uh, our learning, uh, our action. But before we get to that, uh, we ask all our guests, how do they define learning uh, in order to have a common definition? Because it's a word that's thrown around, but do we have a common definition? It, it doesn't seem like so. I'm going to ask you your point of view. How do you define learning? Yeah, that's that's a very uh, important question. So you know, sometimes in, and I do part of my work in the university in in Blanquer, Ramon U in Barcelona, Spain, and I usually talk to some of uh, the students. We talk a lot about education, about learning. Sometimes we use those words uh, as synonyms sometimes, but actually they're not right. So. And I, I do really like to talk about more talk about learning as as essence. So I would say, I would say first that learning is a is a is a human condition. Is a human condition uh, to thrive on this world as human beings. So I would I, I understand that learning uh, is uh, so since we come to life, we start to learn the same way that we start to breathe, and since we touch. Uh, our mom's body and we feel the heat. So we start to learn in the very, very beginning as a survival, with a survival goal, of course. And let me attach um, the, the idea of human condition into another interconnected space as a, also a collective condition. So it's a collective condition to thrive as a whole, as communities, as families, as, as regions. So. I, I find that these two spaces, human and collective con uh, condition, are so attached. And you know, as Darwin said, so humans are like the most advanced species because and we collaborate with each other, we take care about the most vulnerable ones. So we do that for sustainability and for, for survival of our species. So this is something that we do for survival. So, I would say that this is uh, the first thing. So human condition also a, a, a collective condition. Another thing I would say so that learning is, uh, it takes place through interaction. So interaction with ourselves, interaction with other people and to, to inter with interaction with the environment. So it takes place in a, in a specific ecosystem of people and relationships and places that can be local, can be global, as we know that we don't need to relate with people that is quite in the same territory that, that we are. So that ecosystem influences and allows us to interact in, in, a, in a specific way. So the third thing I would say is that uh, um, learning is internally, internally driven by a purpose. 
to, we learn because we always have a purpose to do, even if the purpose is, not, is just fun or no purpose behind, but there's always something that we pursue when we, when we, when we learn. This is the way we, we are as human beings. And I would say the last thing uh, is a long life process of making sense of us in this complex world. So, and, and linked to this idea, I would say, so this follows with our uniqueness. So we are unique as, as human beings. So we have our own way of, of interpreting the world, of being, and also it's connected also with our collective ways of making sense as well. So we make sense individually, but also um, with a, in, uh, within a collective that really uh, is uh, influencing the way that we uh, make sense out of, the, out of this world. Yeah, so I like the difference to, to, to take a look into the differences between these two ideas, right? So this is, this will be my idea around learning. Um, but when we talk about education is how we organize as, uh, as a system or as an ecosystem to um, organize learning, to support learning for all our, uh, for all human beings in society. So since the little ones to the old ones, so the way we organize this learning is, um, is will be education, right? So it's something that we need to also, um, what really influences learning is, is the purpose of education, the purpose of the system, because it's different the purpose of learning that is internally driven that the purpose of education that is driven by the system, by the power, by many, many aspects as the culture of the system and many things that drive that purpose. That is different from the purpose that, that, that we have. And that, that has an amazing impact because sometimes you, I, I get to uh, connect with some, uh, some people that said, so I wasn't good at, at school. I wasn't good at learning. I, I didn't know how to. So actually our system pushes uh, people to feel in or out of the system, part or a part of the, uh, of the whole, of the collective. And, and this is not about learning. So we all are able to learn. So we are learners. And it's about the way we structure learning as a society. I want to pick up on on two things: this idea of organization uh, and how that reflects the dominant culture. So, so in terms of the system, the dominant culture, the dominant uh, uh, narrative that we might uh, that, that that exists. But before we do this, one of the things that strikes me about what you said is, I mean, you, you're you're bringing this 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 parallel um, existence, maybe not parallel, complementary existence, this nested ex existence between the personal side of learning and having meaning, but also the collective. And in the schools that we have, or even in the thinking that we have of learning, um, there's a lot of talk about personalized learning, and now they're talking about personal learning. But nobody talks about collective learning, social learning, what we do together. Why, why is that? And do you think that there will be room later on? Do you think that, um, uh, do you think that there's going to be space to think about learning as a collective experience rather than having it be personalized learning and personal learning, which keeps it at the individual? Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting question because you know personalized le personalized learning is like one of the biggest things that we are uh, that we are facing in our educational systems, and this means that um, we didn't have or we don't have actually a system that that that, that is personalized. So, and what is this system if it's not personalized? So we say it's standardized, right? So it's it's not. Uh, is not for every human being, is for all of them, for some of them, or for, for just for, for the ones that, that, can, uh, that, that can handle that. So just for a few, right? So coming from a system that is just for, the, for a few into a system that is for everyone, for sure uh, needs to take into account both spheres, right? So the individual, the individual and the collective one. But, I believe that these two uh, um, dimensions are so nested, as you were saying. So, and it's and it's really interesting that uh, the ecosystem supports and guides 
this uh, nested experience. And because we know that we need to take care of ourselves, we need to uh, thrive and we need to uh, individually uh, flourish, right? But it's impossible to thrive individually if we don't thrive as a collective. And this is something that is really relevant to understand. And this is not new because this is ancient history, you know. Uh, you go into uh, Ubuntu or you go into the uh, Native American cultures or Native Austra Australian cultures and you know this, that this interconnection between self and community is so nested from the very beginning. So at some point of, the, of, of our history, we have really focused on the individual and we keep doing that. Uh, and, and sometimes we struggle, uh, especially in Western societies. We live, in, uh, we live within uh, a system that is in global crisis. Uh, so cap capitalism is in global crisis. And some of the values that we are um, sharing at the moment are in crisis. Some of the ways of living, behaving in the world are, are in crisis. So, and one of the, the, the biggest challenges that we have in our learning ecosystems is to, uh, to support these nested uh, dimensions of one and self and oneself and, and, and the community. So how relevant this is, we know this from an ecosystemic perspective. So we know that we not, so the parts of the ecosystem will not thrive if the other parts don't thrive. And natural ecosystems are a great example, right? We know that uh, if we don't take care about oceans or we don't take care about forests in, in the Amazon and we don't take care about that. So we will be strongly impacted. Actually, we are being impacted by many things that not occur in our part of, the, of, the, of our natural ecosystem. So the same is for learning ecosystems. So I think it's a very relevant uh, idea. And the system that as a, the education system, the purpose of the system certainly doesn't, uh, at least the majority of it, lend itself to this idea of collective. It's, it's, it's organized around the individual. It's organized around a meritocratic uh, system where you, you have grades and you move on. And, 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 and th this will segue eventually into impact and contribution, but it's so atomizing and so ego-driven it's going to take a lot to to move beyond that, much more than like about experiential learning and everything like that. There's, there's an ego issue here, an individualized issue that also needs to be uh, shed. Yeah, and that's a very complex uh, that's a very complex reality because this is like the culture of the system is the way that that is uh, behaving in all levels, not only in the level of school, or, but also the level of the of the policymakers, for example, or of the politicians. So you see this isolation, this competition, and this, uh, I would say, toxic relationships within the system that really hampers our growth as a learning ecosystem. And also, they hampers our growth uh, as human beings. So that's a direct uh, impact that we have, and it's very difficult to, to, I would say, I will use this word to fight the dynamics, the relational dynamics in, in, in the system, because there's polar relationships, there's cultures, there's uh, beliefs, there's certainties, there are many things that uh, support us to, be, to behave the way we, we do. So, and at some point, sometimes, Although that we are in a global crisis, this is not enough. And we see that in many spaces from the ecosystem, from schools to communities to cities. So we see that, we see that difficulties. But at the same time, we also see uh, great opportunities for change at this moment, I would say. Talk to us a little bit about, about some of your work and some of, uh, of uh, the networks that you're building and some of the efforts that you're doing. Um, Talk to us through maybe how that might be the bridge, or at least that might be one component, one node in, um, in, in I guess, systemic change. I, I'm not sure how to put it, but, but what is it that, that, you're, that you're looking to do that you have done? Yeah, yeah. let me tell you a little bit about how, um, I, have, how I, I connected to this work. When I was like, younger than now, so I started uh, during my, my um, university years, 
I worked on my own on my neighborhood uh, supporting uh, kids that were uh, that had social difficulties, they had high vulnerability uh, situations and to go into the so transition between primary and secondary schools. So that was more or less the goal of the program that I was in. So in the colleagues and some of the people that were working there and myself, we started to see that we needed to go into the streets to, to support kids. So it was impossible to do that in schools because one reason was that some of them, they didn't go to school. And a second reason was that they uh, had spaces that where they felt better and more uh, a higher sense of belonging than in schools. So that it was easier to reach them and to connect with them as, as human beings and to talk to them, to dialogue with them and to support them. So I, I realized that it was impossible to support these children just from one organization or just from uh, as a person. So we needed like uh, to connect with everyone that was working with them, of course, including their families, but also the primary schools, the secondary schools, uh, the community organizations, uh, the social workers, everyone that was involved in, the, in, in their education or in their support needed to, uh, needed to connect because we were operating in, in isolated spaces, so in, in parallel spaces. So, and then I realized that uh, to make an impact, we, we needed to, to do different things, to change completely the way that we were supporting these, these people. So there's why I started to engage with research and I did my PhD looking into educational networks that serve this type of population and these people around the world. And I started to connect with uh, networks, social and educational networks around the world, programs that were aimed intentionally to build this social infrastructure between organizations, between people, to better support uh, citizens, young people, families, and so on. So one of the things that I did is I started to connect with many, many people in the world scholars, leaders, and other educators that were engaged with this philosophy. And they, they were actually already doing this. So, and this is how the, 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 the project that I, that I lead, that is a net edit project, started to emerge in connection with all these uh, people that were experts and had a great experience on this uh, in order to, to better uh, unite and serve and learn from one another and to collectively advance to challenge the actual system. It, this is like the essence of the work that started like six, seven years ago and, and now has emerged and has uh, quite a, a nicer structure and, it, and we are developing specific projects. So what we have done in the last years with the, with the NetEdu in connection with our research group in Blanquerna and with other uh, universities and organizations and leaders across the world is like seeing how can we better have an impact uh, and better respond to the challenges, the learning challenges, the social challenges, the well-being challenges that we have connected to learning and to equity in our uh, contexts by weaving those type of uh, networks people, organizations, uh, mainly in, in a community level to start um, what, I, what I said before, creating this social infrastructure, sometimes referred to this capital that is built as social capital, that, that is different from human capital or economical capital. When we think about economical capital, everyone knows what, what that is. When we think about human capital, we think about our own training, something that is also a capital that I have because I have learned, I have gained, I have myself. But when we talk about social capital, is the value that is within our relationships. And that's extremely powerful. And of course, this is something that uh, Facebook and all LinkedIn uh, relies on, of course, right? 
But when we go into our communities, our educational systems, we see that those relationships are not really empowered. So the social capital is not something that is intentionally, um, I would say, fooled, fooled by the by by the leadership or by the the, the system or by the culture of the, of the system. So um, with the with the net edge, with one of the, the our learnings in the last years has been that we have seen that some of these uh, community um, networks of these learning ecosystems where we see that um, several organizations, uh, schools, libraries, sports facilities, uh, city councils, health um, um, organizations, also social organizations, and, and many others that are operating in the community level work together. So we start to see the evolution of these networks and the patterns of evolution across the world. And one of our learnings, as I was saying, is that schools were the, the actors that had more difficulties to engage with this uh, ecosystemic approach, collaborative approach. And we, we saw that schools are very similar everywhere in the world. I mean, that society uh, puts, uh, gives attributes, the responsibility to schools to educate our children and to be the central actors for education. And, and they create uh, a safe bureaucratic space. So they put in a box everything that they believe that the, the, the organization, the school system needs to educate our children. And that gives schools a false perception of um, that they can do things alone that they don't need others to do the work because they have everything. They have paid stuff, they have the resources, and, and they have quite a formal and stable set of resources to operate. So everywhere in the world, they have more or less difficulties to engage with other actors. There's also a vertical, uh, a vertical relationship between formal and non-formal and informal education where, where schools tend to assume a central role as the main um, educational provider, right? So we, we saw that schools uh, had this uh, issue to engage with this, uh, with this broader collaborative and ecosystemic uh, philosophy or culture. So we started to think about how could we support schools around the world thinking that will be really uh, strategic to unlock these, um, these difficulties to better um, advance on the learning ecosystem as a new approach, as a new perspective for learning. So this is how uh, we started to think about the school weavers tool. So what we did is we set up a project thinking in how to support schools to change and to uh, evolve into uh, learning ecosystems. And also, let me say something that I, I forgot that I, I think it's, it's also relevant. So in the networks or in the ecosystems that we were studying in uh, internationally, as I said, so we saw first that schools were the actor that had more difficulties to engage with collaboration, uh, and also we saw that some schools were engaging in a, in, a, in a very effective way. And that was dependent on, on the professionals that were there, professionals that were engaged with that idea. In those schools that were really engaged with the collaborative and the, the ecosystem and the collaboration between, so those uh, schools, they were engaged because some of the professionals were engaged. But also those professionals, when we asked them why they were engaged and how they were feeling about it, they said, and this is something that was also a pattern internationally, that they, they found greater collaboration out of the school, in the ecosystem, than within their school. So, and this was a contrast that was also uh, inhibiting 
the growth of the ecosystem or the engagement of the school at the same time. So we thought that we needed to work to support schools to uh, grow their own internal culture and to move into, uh, into a learning ecosystem and to build the, the, the culture that supports that within the school, taking into account their own stakeholders first and then second, moving into the connection with the, with the broader ecosystem. So, and this is like the, the idea of the, of the school we were still. So, starts with this idea of supporting schools around the world to transform their own cultures and to rethink uh, the community life, to rethink relationships, and to rethink their communities in general. And as a way of regenerating the, their own ecosystem, and also as a way of putting relationships at the center of learning. Not only relationships between uh, kids, but also relationships between kids and teachers and teachers and parents and parents and, and, and kids and so on. So putting relationships at the center of the evolution of the learning ecosystem. Thinking that, okay, we have, this, we have all the actors there, but let's look into what unite us and how we are relating to each other. And let's see how can we feed and see and improve those relationships in a way that support our learning and our, our well-being. So, and this is why what we are pursuing with the School Weavers Tool. Why is it, do you think, that schools have such a hard time internally uh, finding opportunities or willingness to collaborate? So, I would say one, one thing, one reason is because mm, they are part of the system that I just defined you, a system that, that really uh, focuses on, uh, on results, a system that is focused on uh, a standardized education, uh, a system that at the end is expected to have some results. And Sometimes this focus on the end of the process inhibits to the, all the, the, the time in the middle where we know that is like the essence of learning, for example. So the learning is a process, right? So, and, and, and the, every part of the process is equally important than the, the end of the process. Actually, we, don't, we, we cannot advance if we don't go, uh, we follow a process that is like, uh, nutritive or positive for everyone, right? So as they have this demand from society and from the system, so everything is like every like focus of attention, every focus of resources, every uh, expectation is at this uh, part of the end, at the end of the process. So if we forget about the, the, the rest of the process, this means that we're not gonna spend some time and resources in the middle and this, impacts everything, impacts learning processes for children, but also learning processes for teachers, for example. Or also impacts also the, the well-being of both of them, or the involvement of parents in the school, impacts everything, but because all relationships have to do with processes. So we need to take care of every single process to support uh, our human relationships and to support our learning as well. So I think that they have a big demand, society attributes them a big demand, and they don't have time. You know, they always, this is a, a very common, uh, um, and, and you also as an educator, maybe you can, <laughs> can connect with this. We don't have time in schools, in universities, we don't have time to get together, to spend some time saying, hello, how do you feel? We don't have time for this. We have time not for our deeper relationships, we have time just for transactional relationships as machines. So the system treats us as machines and expect us to learn as machines. All of us, teachers, students, staff, and so on, all the actors in the, in the school community. So at the end, so we come up, we don't have time for relationships. Well, it's a matter of, of prioritizing, right? So this is what we try to, to support them in the school we were still to think about relationships and to think about the resources that we need to mobilize to support each other. 
to become the better version of ourselves, to become the better version of our collective, and for for people to feel safe and and also inspired to learn. So someone out there uh, might ask, well, you know, that's great relationships. My school sees it as very important. We've got a socio-emotional learning program. We've got a pastoral program. We even have a social committee where teachers come together every month and have a barbecue or go out for, for drinks. T t tell us about how what you're doing goes deeper than some of these programs or, or how it, it, it shifts it beyond what maybe is, uh, is, is, uh, is present in many schools but doesn't go deep enough. That, that's why we have still the problem. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. And I would say that in our project in the school, we were uh, through what we support school leaders and the whole communities to be conscious about the ecosystem. And this means to be conscious about people and relationships. And to be conscious about them, we need to listen to them. We need to listen to each other. And we need to listen to each other regarding what we believe is important for the ecosystem. So for example, for us, we came out with a model um, where we ground the growth of the ecosystem. And we talk about seven uh, domains of growth, uh, three initial ones that are trust, empathy, and collective purpose. Then two others, there are uh, collaboration and innovation. So how we work together and how we solve problems together as well. And then we go into the two last, last ones that are equity and personalized learning. So in this sense, uh, what we try to do is to exchange information around these issues and try to share through um, an assessment model. And at the end, this is, uh, it starts with, uh, or not, not start, but in the process, uh, there's some point where people have to respond to a survey, expressing and sharing these, these issues. For example, how they, how they trust each other or how they respect each other or how empowered they, they feel to, to, um, to express their feelings or for example, how um, supported they feel to establish their own learning goals or some type of questions like, like this, right? So, and, and this is part of what we do, but not only because we are trying to learn how to, together with schools, with schools around the world, um, how a process like this uh, can evolve. And what we're seeing that is very relevant at the beginning, the engagement, the engagement and the sense of belonging of people within the school. So how they feel part of the project and also how they feel that their voices are relevant for the day-to-day -day life. So for, for the continuous of the project, there's an initial space where we uh, support schools to start um, initial dialogues and conversations around uh, with the, all the actors in the school around what trust is, if they feel that, uh, that they, are, they have trusting relationships with teachers and if they feel uh, respected by others or um, if they feel that uh, their children are empathic, for example. And some of these, we start to play a little bit with these uh, domains at the beginning. And we also start sharing some, um, some of the, the, the goals with, with the whole community in, in terms of um, empowering them in the process and, and supporting them to be part of, a, of, the, of the future growth of the learning ecosystem. So, and then we come with these surveys and then we come with all these data and we try to make sense and to transform this data into action together with the, with the whole community. And so we go back to this issue of time because to change you know, the, the, the workings of relationships, to, to take consciousness in, in, a, in a certain direction together, takes a lot of time. If schools are short on time now, 
how do you go about supporting them and finding the time? Yeah, that's that's always tricky for everything, right? For everything we try to 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 do, and this is also a, a part of the culture of the project that we that we share. So we're thinking about time in, in a in a in a different way, because if we if we always think that time is uh, like uh, a short blanket that is never uh, enough, this will um, impact the way we, we plan the spaces, we facilitate uh, meetings, or we, we work with our kids, right? So this is idea of slow education of, of, uh, is, is something that is quite relevant because it, and, and again, it's, the, it's on the opposite, on the other side of the culture that we are uh, living, right? We're living a very fast culture of moving forward always, not, not having some time to to think about anything remember when we had the uh, the beginning of the of the the lockdowns the lockdown in, in with the pandemic uh, i remember everyone saying okay it's time to to stop to pause to think and this was like an evidence that we don't have we don't pause we just pause when we are forced to do that and this gives us just a reactive um, capacity, not a preventive capacity or a regenerative capacity or a powerful capacity that can intentionally go where we want to go. So thinking about time is, is really strategic. And I know that it's really difficult and complex because we are living in this um, fast uh, society and the expectations are so high. So a way of doing this is connecting into the purpose of why. So you, why are we doing this? And why it matters to better weave our communities and why it matters that people feel respected, that people feel that we trust one another and, and how this impacts learning. So if we commit to the purpose of regenerating our communities and feeling that everyone is important, and nurturing this sense of belonging that we were talking uh, a few moments ago, and also the trust, and the empathy, and all these issues. So this is very, very, very relevant. Try to commit with this, engage with this, with this purpose is really transformative. And we are in the moment that we need to do this because we need to do different things, and we need to commit to other uh, values and other uh, other ways of doing things. Otherwise, we will be doing the same and we will end up in the same spaces. And we know that we need to change. So this is something that supports challenging the, the, the current existing and dominating dynamics in the system. And it does require that time and that, and that pausing. And when we have so many school putting up a mission and vision statements that are just words that you could take one and put another school and switch it. And uh, nobody probably would tell because they don't connect to that mission and vision, it's just words, there's no real sense of purpose, um, it, it does require thought and, and, and centralizing, not centralizing might be the right word, but really embodying this idea of, um, of, of purpose, which then changes the direction of where we're going or, or, or how, we're, how we're moving along. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and this is, this is so relevant at this, at this moment. So when, it, when we pause, we need to start thinking about uh, the purpose. And this is something that schools are doing now more than ever in our experience, I would say. Because at the beginning, when I was talking about sharing my idea of learning, I, I, was, um, I was saying this uh, nested idea around the, the being an individual, uh, an individual uh, condition, a human condition, but also a collective condition. And as humans, and individuals, we are unique. Communities are at the same time unique. And this is something that the system has been hampering at the same time. So hampering the uniqueness of individuals and hampering the uniqueness of schools, communities, and collectives. And this is so powerful when people start sharing a project, sharing a purpose, sharing a purpose uh, in a way of understanding learning 
and a way of advancing into our, our uh, specific and broader purposes. And this really, this type of engagement with the community really support the sense of belonging of people into something that really, they really believe and something that really feeds people and that really feeds them and having the collective interconnected with the individual and nurturing individual growth and the individual growth nurturing the collective growth this nested uh, space is so powerful for learning but also for human development and well-being what is what is next what where do you see um uh where do you see the school of virtual going where do you see uh net edu going uh what, what are some of the things that are going to happen maybe longer and, and it's hard to predict of course but but where could it go what could it become yeah so in different i would say in different uh, spaces or strategies so one thing is our our community so we we have the goal of growing our community around the world community of schools of, of leaders of researchers of entrepreneurs of people that is um, committed to uh, these learning ecosystems uh, approach and, it's, it's, and that they are eager to advance together so we can learn from one another and we can support for collective impact. So advancing on this, we have, we have, a, we have some ideas of connecting with other communities that are uh, doing the same in parallel and trying to better structure the learning and better support our relationships always in an international level. So this is one, one way of advancing. So um, growing our community and su better supporting ourselves uh, to increase the impact on transforming education into learning ecosystems with this idea that we are sharing today. This is one thing. And another thing, we are also committed to continue learning with the, the, the work that we're doing. So we are partnering with, with very, um, relevant organizations today that are funding us and they are also part of our work. For example, the Jacobs Foundation, UNESCO and others are funding the work that we, that we are doing collectively. So our idea is to continue with the different projects that we have on the different levels. For example, we have the school weavers and in the, in the school level, we also have a UNESCO net edit tool that we are, uh, that we are working to develop together with other colleagues in the community uh, for United Nations, for governments, and to support policymakers at the national and the uh, city level to develop learning ecosystem uh, policies. So we're also advancing on that. So our idea is to continue learning with those, with those tools to better support change. And uh, what I say, what we call the collective impact of, for, for change. And the way we think about tools, when we talk about tools, we are thinking about processes where tools are inserted, but processes that support uh, people to experience um, being part of uh, and being, uh, so collaborating with, so start to go beyond their silos and start to think about and learning and education as a as a as a main like weaver in our society so supporting education to become uh, to better weave our society and, and and put us together because education has a, a central position in our societies so supporting the education sphere to uh, to better interconnect our our society is a is a powerful idea that we are like seeking as well and i would say also that it's very very relevant and um, all the learnings that we are taking that we we are continuously learning on 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 this developing designing and testing these processes and and, and sometimes i can tell you it's so frustrating because the system is so powerful the system is so strict and rigid and the culture is so, and the powers are so, so well-defined that can eat whatever it comes in, in, in the moment. So we are, we are um, trying to, to, to change something that is so well-nested into our, 
our broader system. So I would say that we are trying to, in general, as a big mission, we're trying to collectively advance, internationally advance in all levels of the ecosystem from the micro level to the meso to the macro level and to some new brilliant people that are doing amazing things across the world uh, that connects with this idea of uh, collaboration and trust and, and uh, learning as um, something that needs to be connected uh, in beyond school and across the wider society. And, and this is something that it, it's quite uh, part of our challenge. Well, it's, um, it's, it's been such a pleasure to speak with you uh, and to get uh, your views and uh, your ideas and, and really uh, the sense of uh, the importance of the collective, of the individual, how, how they work together. I, I really appreciated some, some of your thinking. How, how do people get in touch with you? Yeah, well, we have the, the, so we have two big communities, actually. Uh, the one that I'm leading is the Net Edu Project uh, the net edu community so you can go into online uh, and you search for netedu.org and there's a way there to connect and we are thinking about other ways of, of connecting with us we are thinking together with the weaving lab also other colleagues that uh, are very very um, connected with the work that, that we do so we do a lot of stuff together and there's also uh, a way of connecting with them through their their site. So we are really we are really open to to connect with others, and we are really open to think together with others. How can we advance? So we are eager to learn from from others, and we need us in order to advance into into another level of consciousness and another level of development of our our humanity. That is for sure a collective purpose that we have. Thank you. This has been the Coconut Thinking Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are in collaboration with Intrepid Ed News. We look forward to your thoughts um, and comments on our blog, www.coconut-thinking.design. Of course, you can find our articles and articles of some great thinkers, actors, educators, doers on www.intrepidednews.com. Again, www.coconut-thinking.design. I know I'm throwing a lot of URLs at you, but we really hope to see you there. In the meantime, looking forward to hearing from you and uh, we'll see you on our next uh, podcast. Bye-bye.